The Wedding Cues live podcasts with Andy Murphy and Gavin Jones. Gavin Jones, how are you, mate? Andy Murphy, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. I'm scared to move because this seat is quite... It's a little bit clicky, isn't it? It's a bit creaky, but there you go. Yeah. You can't hear that, can you? You can't hear that now because <laughs> the music's playing. Um, hello, everybody who's listening. It's uh, Wedding Cues live. Andy um, and I are... Well, we basically decided we've got some fantastic guests in the pipeline, but they're not quite ready for us yet. So we've decided to do a podcast with just the two of us. Um, insert the someone singing just the two of us. I thought just you were going to... The there it is, there it is. <laughs> Don't know the rest of it. We can make it if we try. And that's what we're going to talk about today, isn't it? We're going we're gonna to talk about music from a wedding point of view. Yep. Obviously, and then we're going to actually um, have some fun. So we're going to talk about our favourite tracks, Desert Island Discs. Ooh. Oh, I should have got the theme tune, never thought of that. But yeah, it's a bit like Desert Island Discs. I'm just going to ask you about a couple of songs which maybe don't mean something to you, but something that you like, tunes that you... Because uh, you're mad into music. I, I know you're quite, um, I wouldn't say obsessive, but I've, I've gone out on a trip with you in a car say we've gone to somewhere like a music shop to pick up some speakers and you'll have a playlist for that journey. That's the sort of person you are. Whereas I just stick the radio on and listen to anything where you get in. Although Murph, put it on and you've got all these fantastic tunes to go. I've built a playlist for you before when we went on holiday, I remember. Yeah, you do like your music. I, 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 get, I get obsessed. Like, um, genuinely, I've... Went, I remember years ago I was really into this song and I went to bed... And I actually got out of bed to go and listen to it again. <laughs> what song was it? Can you remember? I can't remember now. I honestly can't remember. But that that's the level of obsession I have with listening. When I, when I find something new that's that I really like, yeah, I'll just I cane it. I don't think it's an ob- an obsession. I think it's a passion's a better word. Yeah, I think so. Because I, I think so. You do like your music, and as I said, anytime you, do, you get in the car, you, you, you do, do as well. Because whenever I see you DJ, you'll pull or you text me songs that you've oh, found. Yeah. You yeah. do that all the time, yeah. and I'm like, yes, I'm, and I love it when you do that because it's stuff that I wouldn't normally have found. Usually, it's normally like a bit of a dance tune, new dance tune. You'll go, this is the hit of the summer or what? Well, there's a, there's a big song out at the minute uh, from Medusa called "Shape of Your Heart," which is just like. It's getting so much radio play. Is it? Yeah, but then if I play that at a wedding, people look at me as if I've got two heads. Because people at weddings generally want to hear things that they know already. Yeah. Um, if that comes on in the car, it's full. But it's got like a little uh, bit in the middle. Of the da, 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 that sounds like our theme music. What are we going to Yeah. <laughs> Just a theme tune. I think, I think that's that's the cool thing about being a, like a nightclub DJ. You can you can build your set, can't you? So you could probably like you can play stuff that's new and people will still dance to it. They won't walk off the dance floor because oh, I don't know this one. Mm. Whereas at weddings, you t- genuinely get there. You're there to play filler after filler after filler. Yeah, I suppose weddings are all about popular music and music which people know and want to dance to and get their their groove on essentially. Yeah, of course. Is this yeah. a twelve inch version of? We, our... We've had a twelve inch dance. It just because it just because I'm listening. Can we just have it on in the background the whole way through? Go on, Jasper. He's done us proud here because he has made uh, a 12-inch version so we can talk over it forever and ever and ever. And it just goes on. <laughs> it's brilliant. He is talented, I must say. He's, he's That's Jasper good. playing every single instrument, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. In his little studio in um, in the Northern Quarter. Incredible. So, um, what sort of weekend did you have? Was you out working anywhere nice? Interesting. Um, I, had a, I had a wedding and a birthday party this weekend. So nice I was mix. at Coleshaw Hall. Um Big up to Shelley and Sarah and the guys over there. It's it's a wonderful place to be, Colshaw, isn't it? It's just the drive up and uh, the, the service from the from the staff there, and I think that was a good gig. I think they they're just so friendly. Yeah. Um, whenever we get there, you get a, you get a big welcome. I like that. And um, was Mr. Barrett there? Hugs all round. Didn't see Mr. Barrett, but then he's a very busy man, isn't he's he? He's very busy. He like Kaiser Soze, isn't he? He's just... <laughs> I watched that last night, actually. That's why it's in my head. Um, no, so um, it was, yeah, good wedding. Um, and then on Saturday, we had a, a crazy one. We did a, a party in Longbar for a, a bride and groom who I did their wedding. We The Rush did their wedding about four or five years ago, I think. And um, it was the groom's birthday. He was 40. Oh, and brilliant. And they got you back for that. They got us back. Excellent. Um, is a cool little bar. It's only, it's only little, but... Um, I think the, the woman was a bit um, nervous about the fact that there was going to be a five-piece band in this little bar, but it was brilliant. It was, you know, Andy, you get this. You know, when you you do a, a wedding or a party or something, and you play every song you play, 
it's your crowd because yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. they that they were listening to the same music you were when you were a kid. You know what I mean? So, um, it was uh, it was just fantastic. Really enjoyed it. What about you? Uh, I was. Um, we talk about music. I was at um, King Street Townhouse on Thursday, mm-hmm. which was a hundred percent full on crazy jumping around. It was Irish. Irish, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've got an Irish background, so I knew kind of what songs to play, and um, it was crazy. It was just the right amount of people. The place was packed. She invited so many people. Uh, and then on, on um, Thursday, I was in a monastery. And yeah. That was kind of a, a Motown, kind of groove, cheesy feel to it. And you had to adapt, obviously. I had to adapt. And then Saturday, um, I was in Style Lodge, and she wanted a lot of kind of punk music. No way. Yeah, like uh, Sum 41 and... and um, Wow. Uh, Good Charlotte and yeah. uh, Ramstein. Ramstein, Ramstein. Um, the biggest song that I was from Slipknot. Really? So I've gone from Irish to Motown to, to punk, and I think that's what attracts me to this job. Is that is the diversity? Not, everyone seems to think that wedding DJs play Common Eileen, Right Said Fred, and the Human League you on just, every you, single gig. You've just you've just listed my DJ playlist. Oh, that. sorry DJ. about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is the, the DJs get a bad rep for that because um, a lot of my clients will write in an email. We're not after the typical cheesy wedding DJ with a flowery yeah. shirt. I'm thinking, does that still exist? But if the, it does, and it, it might be for certain people, but, but it's not. You have weddings which are like that as well. Yes, so it's horses, yes. courses, basically. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. And you have to adapt. And, and I'm guessing you 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 pre-meeting with the the couple. Yeah, I meet every couple that um, whose wedding I do because I'm, purely because I don't want to walk into a room and just go, "Hi, I'm I'm the DJ." Then they feel they've got to come over and say, "Oh, great to meet you." Do all that at the meeting. I get to know them a bit more at the meeting. They can let their hair down a bit, and, and I can find out what makes them tick. Work out, you know, who's the leader in the couple and all that sort of thing. So when it gets to the day, it's like one of my mates, and yeah, that's how I treat all my weddings. It's I'm doing my mate's wedding. Well, I've actually got a load of questions for you. Oh, mate! On you. Thanks uh, for on... tuning in, folks, and uh, we'll see you on the next. <laughs> on on the, the the subject of weddings, because obviously we're trying to give some insight into, you know, what what sort of music, how music works in the day, because it's a really important part. And there's some. There's actually a few different parts of the day. It's not just about the evening. So, I mean, we can uh, we can chat through uh, through those. Do you want to? Um, well, go on then. Hit me. What have you got for me? Are you playing the music the whole way through, or what? No. <laughs> no. I was just gonna try and change it. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Are these questions directed at me, or are they these, just these questions, questions in general? Are, are generally for you, but we can both discuss them because mm-hmm. there's a bit of crossover, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right so are we going to fade the music no we'll just, just do it man um, so Andy oh my god we should have some dramatic music his face and everything is, is killing me so one of the things that you offer yeah is wedding hosting mm-hmm. so how does wedding hosting work during the day second part is what can it do for a day well it works during the day because normally a bride and groom will just walk into a room um, for the wedding breakfast and it's normally the manager who introduces them and, and God bless them, they just kind of go, ladies and gents, please welcome uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith and in they walk. Whereas I set up the PA and we can, we can have a sit down with the bride and groom and talk about what's their favourite type of music or films and we can create an atmosphere where we line up the bridesmaids and bring the brides in and make a real fuss of the room and get everyone on the feet screaming and cheering and play Here Come the Girls when they walk in. Then we get the lads, they come in and they kind of disperse around the room as they come in, the groomsmen. And they kind of walk around giving people high fives and we'll play some sort of crazy tune for them. And then the bride and groom come in and they can come into the Star Wars theme, they can come into the Rocky music. It just sets a sort of level, it, it takes the edge off people because people are a bit edgy, a bit, ooh, what's going to happen here today? And then you sit them down, let them have the wedding breakfast. It gives some format as well, doesn't it? Gives it gives some format and it gives me a chance to, to get to know everybody in the room as well. And people go, oh, he's, he's all right. And then by the time it comes to the night time, they go, oh, that's the guy who was here all day. And you, you build, you, you pick out guests as well who... You build a rapport. Yeah, you, you'll pick out a cheeky guest and keep me eye on him and you, you kind of maybe walk over to him and have a bit of crack of him. And uh, in the night time, he's your best mate and he's on your side. And once you get people on your side, they trust you and they're easy to work with. And then when it comes to the speeches, again, you, you can, you know, big up the speeches and get, get dad ready and play under pressure when he comes up or daddy cool or uh, do the same for the best man. It just takes the edge off because the speech part of the day sometimes can be a massive stress for people, especially the best man. The best man is under so much pressure um, these days to, to be funny 
and, and with Google and stuff like that, everyone's doing the same gags. So it's quite hard for a, for a best man to, to be original these days and uh, and, and and smash it. Mm. Okay. So so being the, the all day host to answer your question, it, it it just gives me the chance to get to know people more. Um, I'm I'm not kind of a stranger at the, at the night time and everyone during the day is, is a friend of mine and uh, it just you're part of the day aren't you you're part of the wedding no completely um so i mean i think you've you've covered a bit but the the, the next one um i was going to ask you about was the wedding breakfast okay so um you're not playing the music again are no, you it's just quietly in the background go on is this to cover the the noise of the chat yeah yeah i wouldn't worry about it honestly go on next question then um <laughs> you're killing me <laughs> So wedding breakfast, right? Um, obviously, I, I mean, I, well, I'll tell you what. Let's go right back. So we've got the ceremony, haven't we? Yeah. So have you have you performed at a ceremony? Have you done anything at a ceremony? I obviously I don't marry the people, but I have played the music as the bride and groom come down the aisle, and when they sign the register, you, you play another small piece of music which they choose. It's it's whatever they want, and then as they come out of the either the church or the ceremony room, I have more music that way as they come out, and then. They have a bit of a drinks reception, and that's when I would go into the main room and set up. You reset up for the wedding for the, breakfast, for yeah. the evening bit, because we do we do ceremony, obviously. So mm. we would normally it'd be, normally with me and John, it would be so an, an acoustic thing. And there's plenty of different live music options for a ceremony. Yeah. You know, traditionally string quartet, you can have a, a pianist. So have you actually played at, as the bride comes down the aisle? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no same, same as you. So the, the bride will choose a song that she wants to walk we'll into. Never do that. Um, and it'll usually be a song that means something to her. It's usually at that point we have to learn something um, for them, so that's fine. And then, and then the next bit that, that you play at is the sign in the register, so that you need kind of some music, you need there. something, yeah, just to break it up. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm wondering what a wedding would be like if there wasn't any music. I'm guessing that the, the venue would perhaps pipe something through some speakers. We're not talking about music here blaring out and people dancing around. It's just it's just, it's just something music. in the background, just yeah. like. Like our music, just, just, it just it creates a completely different atmosphere. Definitely. Yeah. Um, sometimes they pick those songs, sometimes they don't. And then the, the, the it's usually an uplifting song on the way out, so it might be signed, sealed, delivered. Is one that I've played quite a few times. You got the out. love candy statins. That was a, a big one for me. Of course, yeah. yeah. So it's something that maybe they've thought about, and it means something. The words actually mean something um, to what's actually happening in front of people. So. Um, yeah, I mean the ceremony is so important, isn't it? <clears throat> it is, to get yeah. right, and yeah. we, we've chatted about unplugged ceremonies, and there's a lot of things to consider um, getting right, basically. But so, so, so you cover a lot of music being a, a singer on your own because you do wedding um, hosting as well, don't you? You kind of do the the rap pack singer swinger it, I, thing I've during kind the day. Of, yeah, I can do the rap pack thing, but I've kind of gone away from it um, just from experience. I started offering a solo singing service. Yep. Uh, over backing tracks and, and a, a certain amount of hosting and what happened was I was doing the Rat Pack stuff but the, it, I think it's a very specific type of music and if people aren't that into it then it can be a little bit dull now if people are into it it's perfect but so what I've, I've started doing is, is doing a mix so I'll usually do Rat Pack if they want Rat Pack it for the first sort of couple of courses and then maybe yeah. go into sort of more solely Motowny sort of stuff which gets people going and my idea sort of we had Howard on the last uh, pod is to get people up enjoying themselves singing along maybe even dancing um, and it just basically it's a lot more light-hearted I think the Rat Pack stuff can be quite serious and the gigs that I've done where I've just done solely Rat Pack it can be quite serious mm. Um, but you know, if you're throwing my girl on or stand by me, and you just get people singing, and that's what you want. Yeah, the couple course. want a different sort of experience than just sitting down and eating. It's a celebration all day. It's not just a celebration in the evening. So I think that's that's why it's sort of evolved that way. I think a lot of weddings these days are opting to have something during the wedding breakfast rather than just nothing. Um, I think every wedding I did this weekend had something, uh, either singing waiters or... Well, the singing waiters thing was a yeah. big thing, wasn't it, yeah. years ago? Um, and the guys was, on Friday were amazing. It, well, it, it, traditionally, it was actually a sort of operatic, classical yeah. type singers, yeah. wasn't it, who'd pretend to be waiters and... Spill a drink on the on the top table and then and it all kicks off. Yeah, and brilliant. then they'd start singing, which is what a concept that was. Whoever oh, came we give the game away now, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, it, whatever, whoever came up with that concept originally is a genius, I yeah. think, because that's just cool. 
Um, but now I think people just generally sing whatever they'll sing Uptown Funk or whatever. You know, it used to be like Ness and Dorma, and the the, the top guys that do that. They, it's I a think, tough song to do. Not anyone can do yeah, that. Well, that's why I say it's classical. It's it's opera singers yeah. who do it. You know, that's the original. Those guys, I think those guys who originally did it charge an absolute fortune, but they're, they're classically trained. So it, there's different ways of doing it. But it, at the end of the day, pick something that suits you. Yeah. So, so you as a singer, do you have a particular kind of genre or, or type of song that you like to sing? Is it? Are you? For me, I think you're kind of a. You like a bit of funk music, don't you? You like kind of Stevie Wonders and you kind of James Brown. Or am I wrong there? Is, 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 do you you sing everything? I know you sing everything, but um, is there anything in particular you like to sing in a particular genre? Um, it's horses for courses, right? I um, it's twice you've said that now. I know. Yeah, sorry for. Is being that your favourite phrase? No, not really. <laughs> um, I, it it's difficult because when you do what we do and you do it so often, um, you kind of songs that you like I, I kind of look forward to singing new songs right okay if that makes any so it's sense so a new challenge you mean like a new song as in the band haven't done it before yeah and I, I when, when we when we're when I'm putting a set list together I'm looking forward to the new stuff that we're doing um, which is why it's important to keep it fresh and learn new songs so like I was totally in love with the fact that we were playing This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan. Tune. Um, There's not many bands will get away with that I'm telling you I know and, and, and it, that's kind of why I chose it because pretty much every time you play it people go ah oh, you know you yeah. get that noise from the crowd you yeah. know what you yeah, know yeah. what I'm talking about where people go ah oh, this one you know I love hear people screaming when you play a the song scre- yeah like, that's it's, a- it's, I'm, I'm not, you know the artist isn't here yeah. I'm just playing it yeah so you kind of look look for that sort of thing so um, yeah I mean that's a good example I, mean, I still love singing that song because it's it's something that I know the crowd are going to react to and it's something mm. that I kind of feel like they won't have heard many bands do. You know, we, we've gone along a route that... Um, you've been very skillful here in, in not, not answering my questions. And, I have. And, and putting them back to me. Yeah. I answered the whole wedding hosting one, which is what you asked. <laughs> what what no, was the I, second I, one? I wasn't the, listening. The, um, I'm, we've got, we have certain songs in, in our set which I think are, I've chosen mm-hmm. to... They're, they're like shock songs where... where People will will be going. Oh my god! I can't believe they're playing this. Go on, then give me an example of a Juice, shock. Ro- regulate juicy, juicy, wow, juicy by a. Uh, it Biggie. was all a dream. Yeah, don't do that again, please. Ever. Um, yeah, so that you know, that's that's one. I mean, this is how we do it. It's probably another one that people go. Oh my god! I can't believe they're playing this. You know, so it's the, as well as having your staple <clears throat> party songs that people kind of expect. Mm. Um, there's 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 bands out there, not only arts, but there's bands out there that that are brilliant at stuff like that. I mean. Um, Juicy though is quite a it's a song which only a particular crowd would really know, isn't it? And that you're spot on there, Andy. And I can't we can't do it on every yeah. Every sometimes game. if you play it, people look at it and go, "What is this?" They yeah. just don't know it. It's hard to gauge. There's who- a band out. There's a band out there that um, called the Gypsies of Bohemia who are amazing. Mm. Um, and I I actually have them on Bandtube in a different form, like in a wedding form, but they, they seem to pick just bizarre songs, which are really good songs that you just wouldn't expect a cover band to pick. So they, they do like the Prodigy yeah, out of space. Yeah, yeah. I did a gig and they sang uh, Hot in Here from Nelly. Hot in Here by Nelly, yeah. In dead, unique way. And I was like, yeah. never heard that done before. Yeah. So that, that's, that's, kind of, um, that's kind of the vibe with that sort of thing. But anyway, back to you. <sighs> um, it was all a dream. What, um, <clears throat> what song me. can you play at a wedding in the evening that nine times out of ten we'll pack the dance floor. Mr. Brightside Killers. Yeah? Yeah. Mr. Brightside Killers, um, if... It's not a backup song. It's pretty much the song I guarantee to play at every wedding, but it's a song I'd save for a particular time. I think you've got to play that song after ten o'clock when people are a bit more lucid. They'll embrace the song more. Um, that's if it's a very lad-orientated wedding. If there's a bit more of a girly buzz about the place, I think um, something from the Spice Girls or Whitney Houston... Um, I want to dance. I want to dance somebody. As soon as they hear that, ding, 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 yeah, girls, yeah, yeah. ah, they just yeah, yeah, and they're, yeah. they're up on the floor, like that Peter K thing. They come up with hands waving in the air. So then two songs. Um, See, I get. I think you get you get a reaction depending on the crowd. Again, you get a reaction from Yeah by Usher. Again, it depends on the it, crowd. It's that, but it's that. It's that first riff. The that, that yeah. keyboard there. On bam, on my bam. playback system. Um, without getting too technical there's a switch you can switch which which tells you that your most played songs and my two most played songs believe it or not the first one Mr Brightside and the second one Robin S Show Me Love of course 
which is another, another big one. But again, it depends on the crowd. Not everyone's into but dance if, music. If you get the right crowd, when that when she they does that scream, yes, they lose it. That's they where they lose it. it. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing song as well. Mm. I remember that first come out. I bought it on twelve inch. It was just on repeat constantly on my it's record player. It's a tune, isn't it? And it's been reincarnated quite a, a few, few times, times yeah, hasn't it? Been remixed and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What's the best and worst first dance song you've done? In fact. You don't have to talk about an exact song, and I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here because you've had no time to think about this, but maybe just some advice for picking a first dance song. First dance songs years ago, when I'd meet couples, they'd always say instantly, this was our song. Um, but brides and grooms these days don't have a song which means something to them anymore. They just pick a song because it's they need to have a song for the first dance. I agree. And nine times, I, I mean, I don't want to say the name of songs in case it upsets people, but... There are a few songs which get played all the time as a first dance, but brides and grooms are just picking those songs because they need a song to do a first dance to. Well, my advice to brides and grooms when they're struggling is don't have one. You don't have you to don't have, have a first. To have. It's your wedding. You yeah. don't have to have a first dance. And if, you know, bless them. I had a bride and groom the other week at, um, at a, a wedding, and they were so nervous about the first dance, and I was scratching my head thinking, why are you so nervous? Why are you putting yourself through this? Yeah. You know, the, when I when I arrived. I had a whole thing with them before the wedding where they were going, oh, we just want to get the first, we, we, we don't really want to do it. And I'm, and I'm like, don't do one. But they went, no, we have to, it's part of the day. And yeah, I like, feel like they have to do it. So in the end, like we we, we played, we sang the first dance and um, they, they literally danced on their own for 30 seconds. And I was waiting, and there's a thing, and for anyone listening who's getting married, if you're doing a first dance, it's important that you let your photographer mm. get those oh, shots. Wow! Listen, I did one on on Saturday, and the bride said to me, um, "18 seconds," and then invite everyone on the dance floor to join us. And I went, "Okay, 18 seconds." This is not a lot of time for your photographer to get their shot. She goes, "Just keep it 18 seconds." I went, "Right, fine." Press play, introduce them on the floor. After about seven seconds, she just put her hands in the air and invited everyone. And I don't think the photographer got. The shot they wanted. But I think it's important. That she was the so nervous, though. So yeah. nervous. I think, I th- and I don't think people need to put themselves through that. Really, don't. I mean, all right, it's all right for us. We're kind of performers, so it wouldn't bother us to to have people looking at us. And it, not everyone's the same. And I understand that. But if you're that nervous, don't put yourself through it. Just, no. just not have one. You don't have to have one. Yeah, you don't, don't have, have one. It's not set in stone. Plus, but I, I always feel that the ones, the best ones, are, are the ones where it's a lively song, mm. um, where. You know, one of my favourites, and we do it in our set now, is Ray LaMontagne, You're the Best oh, Thing. It's Richie. just such, and it starts off with that, ba, 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 and it's just such yep. a good song. But there's, it's it's kind of groove, like it's kind of slow, but it's groovy. So people, you can actually throw your misses around. And I always say to people, the best first dances are when you're actually doing some sort of dancing. Yep. If you're just shuffling side to side, and you're not a natural dancer. You, you need to do something, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, even if you're not a natural dancer, it's not hard for you to do, you know, get your misses twirling a couple of times and going across you it's, mm. you don't have to learn any well, mad dance moves for that Thursday's wedding was uh, Christina Perry A Thousand Years which is a classic yeah, isn't it's it a which beautiful I love song. that song actually gorgeous song uh, Friday was Never Too Much Luther Vandross Brilliant. which it went off I mean the bride and groom on, on Friday were crazy they yeah. just danced up and See, down the, great, the venue yeah. and then on Saturday again Nervous Bride and she had uh, Candy Statton You Got The Love which is brilliant. Eight, eight seconds and then just... In, but she was really, really did, nervous. Did, did they do the... Vid- no, it was, oh, a, it was a, a different version. It was the kind of shortened version. Okay. But um, it went down well. She loved it. She had a great smile on her face. But nerves, and as you said, you just don't have to do a first dance. If you don't want to do a first dance... Or oh, the other thing is, I often have couples who argue uh, over which song to have as the first dance. And I always say, well, why don't I have two of them? You have one song or half a song of you and your husband or partner dancing on your own and then when we say listen gents please join the bride and groom then we play his choice you preempted my one of my questions go sorry can you do a special mix for a first dance yeah i've done songs i've done mixes in the past where you do the kind of say something like christina perry and then halfway through rewind it and then play something faster and the bride and groom have got some sort of dance routine to, to shock everybody or we can combine two songs yeah i can remix and edit and produce i do a number of things gavin <laughs> yeah uh, we actually had a wedding at the ashes um, and the groom said, "What I want is I want you to pretend like it's all gone wrong." Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we, I can't <laughs> remember the song. I think we sang. I think it was a James Morrison song, and we it was a slow one, mm. and we did uh, we did a verse and a chorus, and then I went, 
boys, stop, stop, stop. We, oh, no, oh. I'm, and I went, I'm so sorry. We've got it wrong. And everyone was looking at us like shocked. And then we kicked into Brian Ferry. Um, with what? The, what, what's the one? Um, oh, I can't think of the song. Let's stick together. That one. So, we, so the first thing you hear is that that sax nut hat line. Wow. It sounded awesome. Everyone went nuts, and it was a, it was a great concept that he'd come up with, and it worked really really well. But considering we hadn't rehearsed it, we just basically bust it. It worked spot on. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, an accomplished act, actor, so I could get away with it. Really? Probably. Okay. Um, but oh no, either that or people believe that I'd actually messed it up well we, you say you're an actor it's quite nice that you say that because this drops into my little uh, segment here and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you like talking about it or like it being mentioned but you've been on the X Factor okay and what I like about you being on the X Factor is your uh, can I say balls on here yeah I'm going to say balls because I've got a clip here of you on the X Factor oh, I knew you were going to do something no, like but it's, this it's the, it's the most ballsy thing ever this is imagine this is Gavin if you've not seen it he's been on the X Factor I'm sorry to play I'm not going to play it all it was a only, long time ago it was in black seconds. and white then it's in black and white um, Gavin walks in and he's got um, Simon Cowell Simon Cowell um Osborne. Osborne. Sharon Osborne. Sharon Osborne. Louis Walsh and Danny. Danny Minogue. Now they're all sat on the top table, aren't they? The last 45 minutes of this wedding we did, not one person danced and they just ignored us all. <laughs> I think you should imagine that Louis and Danny are the bride and groom. Genius. I think Louis could maybe be the uncle and <laughs> I think Danny's the bride. Sharon's the obviously the gorgeous mum of the bride and I think you may be one of the bridesmaids, Simon. <laughs> Simon Cowell suffered and owned by Gavin Jones. I love that clip. I love that you had the balls to do that, it's mate. A, it's interesting because um, <laughs> that was actually... I, had, I did an interview just before I went in with Dermot O'Leary. He was lovely. And um, he that was something that he came up with and I stole it. I really? can't take credit for it. Oh, no. I thought you did that off the cuff. Because No, he was. we were chatting about weddings and, and how many weddings I did. And, and I'd told him that I'd, a couple of weeks before the audition, I'd done five in a week. And he was like, my God, how do you do that? He said, he said, are you nervous? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really nervous. And he said, just pretend you're at a wedding, like the top table. Well, that's what it looks like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, so that's where I got that from. Obviously, I um, I elaborated with calling Simon um, the bridesmaid. But the cool thing about that was... You got a laugh, though, mate. Jesus, that was... Uh, yeah, I got a big laugh. And obviously, <laughs> he, he then says, I hope you're good. Right. So I was really nervous and I said to them, look, you're going to have to put me through because he's not going to put me through. <laughs> but the, the cool thing about it was I started singing and I was looking I was looking at them. I was concentrating on looking and smiling because yeah. people react to that. And um, I looked at him and he winked at me as if to say, you're all right, son. No way. Yeah. And I thought, that fair play to you because he, he must have seen that I was really nervous at, at that point. And you, you got through, didn't you, after that round? Been... I got four yeses at that point right. and um, that was a brilliant feeling. Okay. And then um, you go to boot camp after that and I got through that. Although I didn't sing particularly well at the first round of boot camp, but I did get through. And then I got to the second round of boot camp, which was performing at the Apollo in Soho. And uh, that was an incredible experience because it's just such a big building. And I sang really, really well. And I thought, and everyone, I got a massive ovation from mm. all the other contestants. So I thought, oh, I'm, I'm in here. And um, other people had messed up. Right. Like one guy had forgotten his words, forgotten his lyrics. Um, someone else had sang really badly and, and just crumbled. So I thought, I've got to be in. It's, it was like a 50-50 chance that I get through to judges' houses. And um, and th and they obviously deemed that I wasn't I wasn't right for it, which was a, a real shame. But I didn't I didn't feel that bad. I was really proud of myself. I bet you were. Yeah, it's um, quite an achievement. You, you get dumped like you you literally like yep. See you later, and you're out the door with your suitcase. <laughs> it's that brutal. And I just headed straight to Euston Station. I got on the train to come home, phoning people, and I felt okay about it. I was like, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've done really well. You've didn't expect go. to get that far, yeah. but then. Um, I, I remember on the Monday morning uh, getting the kids ready for school and just flicking the TV on as I do in the morning. Ball of rice crispers. The next minute, you're sat on the Wayne Kelly's sofa. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on in the well, world? That, that was the thing. I mean, I, I, I didn't feel bad about it until I actually saw it live. Right, I was okay. at a wedding, actually. Didn't see it go out live. I was at a wedding, so I couldn't watch it live. Um, but 
what happened was when I was at the wedding, the phone went and it was a number in London, and they said, uh, Gavin, uh, obviously you've you know you've just gone out on telly and it was going out, and we think you're the shock of the round. Mm. Lorraine Kelly would like you to come and sit on chat about it on sofa. Can you get down to London for six o'clock in the morning? Wow. So I, I finished my wedding, I went home, I packed a bag, drove down to London, I got down to London at four o'clock in the morning and um, I didn't sleep. I bet you didn't. And and then they, I got picked up in a car, went to the studio and they shoved me in makeup and I remember the woman saying, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and I went, can you make me look like I've had some sleep? <laughs> and I, I, I actually did, uh, I did Lorraine Kelly, but I actually did Good Morning Britain before that there's another Is bit it? of footage that's out there yeah of me on Good Morning Britain with the, the lady whoever the lady is on Good Morning Britain and uh, I've chatted about a few other oh, things oh just like, count your lucky stars it wasn't Piers, uh, Piers Morgan I'd have just had to punch him square in the face I fair think, play to you mate I would listen we, we've, we've had a, a good conversation here and we've not even started on our music choices know, because yeah. we're, we're trying have, have you got more questions or you keep looking at your iPad as if you've got like no don't ask that one <laughs> I um I, all I was gonna say was uh, requests for you must be a big thing and it is for us. What how do you run? You'd be requests? surprised how many people come up to me and say, uh, "Do you take requests?" No, it, yeah, I get that. I don't what, understand what, that. I, what I mean is requests beforehand and requests on the night. Yeah, on, on on the on the meetings, bride and grooms uh, or, or couples normally bring uh, a list of songs. Um, one bride had a colour coordinated one, which well, was I've had that before. Amazing actually, yeah. uh, the, the detail people go through. Then on the night, the uh, they, they don't even listen to you but that's because they're, they're busy enjoying themselves getting married but yeah I, I take requests on the night um, bride and grooms give me playlists you, give me, do, you, do you take requests do you get that all, all the time I get I, that all they come, the time. sheepish I made uh, do you take requests and that, I like that actually because pe- that, that's people being nice you get the other people who are quite obnoxious just hold, just hold the phone up yeah. to your face and don't even say anything just have a picture of, of an artist and you look at it I normally take the phone off them and go hello and yeah. it really winds them up but yeah People would drink. You have to be very careful, don't you? And, you, you do have to be very careful. I, I still get people. I mean, I, I, I stand there with a big shiny DJ booth and I've got big speakers either side of me and I've got moving heads, I've got flashing lights, I've got strobes, I've got headphones around my shoulders and people still come up and say, yeah, excuse me, mate, are you the DJ? And I go, no, I'm the Cato, like a bacon sandwich. <laughs> That's what I thought. I did a gig last week. This is really weird. And I got a bacon sandwich. Um, the bride said, hey, I've, I've organised a sandwich for you. So she came over with a bacon sandwich and there's red sauce on the bacon sandwich. It's controversial, that, isn't What's it? What's all that about? What's wrong with people? Brown sauce. I'm a big... We're getting into this. I'm a big brown sauce with a breakfast. Yeah, red sauce is for other things. Red sauce is evening meals. Yeah, no, um, I agree. Anyway, wow, yeah, we've completely uh, gone, gone off topic there. So yeah, I think we ba- can. Baps I've, or buns? I've gone. I've got some other fun questions for you oh, later. My word. I haven't got any questions for you. Yeah, well, it's called preparation and prefer- professionalism, mate. Wow. Anyway, should we get into the? Um, we've we've done, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've done a, a desert island discs for each other, we and we've picked four songs each, haven't we? To have a quick chat through, yeah. and we thought it'd be quite fun to do. Mm. Um, and hopefully fun for you to listen to, to to see what sort of things we would pick. So do you want to do um, yours first? Can do. Well, I, I picked... Let's do one each, one, one yeah, off one. Yeah, I each. think so. I think the first thing I've gone for is... This, I grew up um, in, a, in, um, in a house, um, unusually, rather than a, a fridge. But I had four brothers and a sister and Irish parents and all my brothers and sisters were into... So <laughs> the music was just mental. My sister was Rod Stewart kind of ABBA my other brother was a new romantic uh, my other brother was oh in, your brother's a legend my other brother was into soul and funk my other brother was into kind of country and it was just but I remember one day my brother the melting pot oh, of the Murphy households so I remember one day my brother came on with this um, 12 inch single um, by a band called The The which ah. and a, a great name and it was called This Is The Day I remember looking at the album uh, the 12 inch and the artwork on the front was just so spooky and you, we don't get that now no, that where weird. artwork is important like if you remember back in the day like the Sergeant Pepper album yeah. is like a, a piece of art you know piece of history who was the guy who, who did the picture of uh, Sunflowers what's that artist called is that Van, is that Van Gogh, Van Gogh is so it was very very reminiscent of that the, the front artwork was a kind of a man and his face was sort of melted and oh I just, okay I just thinking wow what is this yeah so we took it out, and in and, and those days, you know, it was only 11 or 12, uh, a record player and vinyl was just like, what is this? And you put it on and put the needle on. Anyway, my, my brother puts it on. I've got a little clip here of the tune, which we can now listen to. It's a very different song. It's, I think it's classed as uh, post-punk music. Okay. Okay, and it's called uh, This Is The Day from... Which, the- which then 
manifested itself into new romantic music. Yeah, new yeah. romantics were punks. Yeah, originally, and, that's, that's and then they, they changed. But I just remember, and this was the first song as well. Uh, when he turned the uh, the twelve-inch uh, um, sleeve around, the actual words to the song were on the back of the uh, the sleeve, which I thought was very weird. And it's the first song I ever learned word for word. And okay. I still know it now. If it came on the radio, I could sing the whole song. No way. Word for word. Wait, wait, is, is it, it weird? You've been reading some old letters You smile and think how much you've changed All the money in the world Couldn't buy back those It came out in 1983 And it got to number 71 in the charts That's probably why you've not heard it Wow But I just remember that being on in my house constantly Yeah, So, the, and that's the brilliant thing about music You're immediately transported back as soon as you hear that piece of music Well the first line, you didn't wake up this morning Because you didn't go to the bed You were watching the whites of your eyes turn red It's just, that's just cool. 11 years old I was thinking, what's he on about? What's he talking that's about? That's cool, isn't it? Is he talking about going to school now? He probably wasn't talking about going to school no. He'd be definitely talking about something else Yeah so what's, what's, what kind of songs have you got on your list? I, I always said to you, kind of, you're a bit of a funk man, a bit of a James Brown, Stevie Wonder, but looking at your list here, you're it's, not. You're none it, of those things. If anyone's, um, if anyone's tried to do this, it's the most difficult thing in the world for someone like me, and probably for you, because I, I, the ones that I've omitted have, have made me feel anxious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've I basically tried to look at it in, in a way of my heroes... Um, and I've picked their best song or the song that I never get. It's, it's important for me to, to have songs that I never get bored to. Okay. So the first one, I'm guessing. I don't know what it is. T- tell me now I can. The first one uh, is Prince, Purple oh, Rain. Yes, okay. And Pr- the Purple Rain's an interesting one because I never get bored listening to it. And even though I've listened to it a million times, but I also never get bored of singing it. And that's, and I've sang it a million times. And it's uh, it's one that we used to always have in our set when um, when we did bar gigs because you can't really play it at a wedding unless it gets requested. But it just it's just something about it. His guitar solo, it's the passion that's in his voice, which is one of the things that I love about Prince. Anyway, if you want to play it. It's a great song. I I don't think I've ever played that at a wedding, only because it's a tough song to dance to, but it's an amazing tune. It's it's a song that people will sing along to. Yeah. So if I, if we do maybe we do a, a, like a duo gig or something, we can get people singing along that you right. just get to the chorus and go everybody sing, you know, it, and yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll 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 do it. I think that the the other interesting thing about that is that recording that you just played there. That's from the film that, yeah. Is it's the only recording that exists, is it? and it's a live recording. It's not a studio recording. You can hear feedback on it. Ah, okay. So that's why it's interesting. I've never seen the film. The film's not amazing, but it's worth watching just to see him perform. Yeah, I might watch it tonight. When um, it, it's not. A, it's not a brilliant film. There's not amazing acting in it, but the, the music in it is exceptional because that album was his biggest ever album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I just never get bored of listening to it. So it's, um, it's, it's special to me. What's your next one, mate? My next one. I remember years ago. Um, believe it or not, I used to work in McDonald's on Market Street in Manchester, which is the most. No, no disrespect to McDonald's, but it was horrendous. It was awful. I didn't know you worked at McDonald's. Yeah, did, did you have those brown oh, trousers? Yes, it was like really. Everyone's years bum ago. looks fat in those trousers, no matter how thin you are. <laughs> and there was a guy who worked there who released a record. Oh, and, really? Uh, when I heard the record, I heard it before I worked at McDonald's. And I heard it in, again in my brother's front room. He was playing it and I was like, what is that noise? And this was from 1988. Now, in my humble opinion, if you go back and look at songs that were released in 1988, one of the best years ever. Things like Good Life in a City. Yeah. Uh, all, that sort of era. And this came on in my brother's house and I thought, it was a noise to me. Uh, I'll play it and see if you, you'll probably know it straight away. But it was just like a noise. Oh, voodoo, voodoo, oh, right. mate, yeah. And it's just that noise. And By who? A guy called Gerald. A guy called Gerald. This just reminds me of clubbing. Yeah. And just that noise there, and I thought, what is my you brother still, doing? You still drop this still when you gig, yeah, and people go nuts because they've any, just forgotten about it. Any opportunity, I will drop that. Anyway, he worked at McDonald's, and he released that song. No, yes. that is nuts. And I think that... That was his only hit. I'm not sure what he's doing now. I did try to uh, Google him last night, but I couldn't find anything out about him, which was very unusual. But Voodoo Ray, a guy called Gerald, just that noise. My brother, 
As you imagine my brother in the front room playing that, and then my sister upstairs playing the Nolan Sisters, and <laughs> my other brother out the back playing, um, I don't kind of Depeche Mode, and it was just it was, and my mum and dad in the kitchen listening to Brendan Shine or or not Daniel O'Donnell. That was never big in our house, but uh, yeah. What's your next tune, our kid? That's um, you will probably find that that guy who's a guy called Gerald. There'll be someone like it's like Norman Cook has had like a million names. He's probably a producer somewhere. Yeah, yeah. he'll be yeah. he'll be someone, and he'll, he'll he'll have a body of work. It won't be just one track, mm. but he'll, it'll be a body of work under different. That was names. a massive tune that in the Hacienda days. Oh, of course, and it was just Hacienda, definitely. Immensely, yeah, um, it's proper old school as well. I mm. love that that song. I'm really pleased that you've included that. Um, my next song is. Um, a song by Stevie Wonder, oh, mate. and uh, it's the, I think it's the only time I've ever. I went to see him. He was in Manchester, and he 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 did a date, and then he added a date, and I got tickets for both. Wow! And I went to see him, and it's b- both nights. Yeah, no way. Yeah, and it, it was the second time. Um, we had really good seats. We were right at the side of the stage, and it's the only time I've ever been in a gig and cried when he played this song. This song, is it about his wife cheating on him? Yes. Am I getting that right? Yeah, it is. And um, he, the, the interesting thing about Stevie Wonder is he's, he's so clever with lyrics. He has he, he drops things in um, that have got symbolism but also mean something to him. So he, he, there's a line in it that says, lately I've been staring in the mirror, which obviously he <sighs> yeah, can't. Yeah, so yeah. it's it, there's stuff like that and he talks about senses, the perfume and all that sort of yeah. stuff i just love it and it wasn't it wasn't it was just the occasion that made me got me upset it was and the, the feeling in his voice is his delivery the passion and it was it, just it, incredible it's certainly a passionate song and it, it the the passion comes through in the lyrics let's play a bit of it well i'm a man of many wishes beautiful isn't it? my premonition misses but what i really feel my eyes won't let me hide Oh, my eyes won't let me hide. And yeah. I've got goosebumps. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. The it's, power of music. It's um, wow. It just it, it evokes emotion, doesn't it? And that's why we all love it. It's but that that song in particular is just. I think the melodically, it's just beautiful. It just takes you somewhere, doesn't yeah, it? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he, he he's just got that incredible range to his voice, so he just goes off on one at the end. He goes, you know, he goes up a key, and it's just it's a beautiful it's song, just brilliant. Yeah, and the emotion. And I love a story behind a song. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love story. to know who that was about and what had actually happened. There must be a backstory there because, yeah. like you say, it's about his missus. He, he's suspecting his missus is cheating on him, mm. and uh, her, um. And there's a lot of songs that are about that, aren't yeah. there? Because that, that's the type of thing, that's the type of thing that would, you know... Warrant to write a song, isn't it? You yeah, write it about would, life, life would, things. You, you're, trying to, you're almost trying to self-soothe, aren't you? By yeah. writing a song to get it out, I suppose. But um, go on, what's your next one? Well, my next song is um, just after I, I finished, uh, just after I passed my driving test, uh, my brother took me out in the car. Um, no, was it before my driving test? I think it might have just been before my driving test, but I was taking lessons. And he took me out of my mum's car, which was a, a Mark II Escort. Beautiful metallic blue car. But it had a sunroof, which is like... <laughs> and I thought I was Rockefeller. I was like, well, you got a sunroof? No, we have, mate. Belter. <laughs> so he took me out in the car, and uh, we were driving down the A6 Stockport Road through... Um, I can't remember, just kind of near Crowcroft Park. Really quickly. And he was saying, just calm down, make sure checking mirrors, blah, blah, blah. And I saw him rooting around in the glove box. I said, what are you looking for? I said, oh, I've just bought this new tape off the market. So Brilliant. I just want to stick it in. So we're driving down, the sun was beating down. And I remember just driving, sunroof was open. I've just, you know, ready to pass my driving test. He sticks a cassette in. Yeah, change. And I was like, what's this nonsense? And it was putting me off. And then I've not edited this song, so that's why I'm having to play yeah, a bit more of it. So I've turned it down because copyright. But um, when it does kick in, it's it just takes me straight back. If I play the song, I hear that's it anyway. So, that's straight so mad back. that you remember that. Mark II Escort, this song. Sky Blue, Sunroof, buzzing down the street, and, and this just come on. It was just. I can imagine being in a car. Yeah, and if you had like decent speakers in the car, that bass line would, would really, really like. So it's changed. Yeah, Searching, who were a band fronted by Luther Vandross. The backing singers on that were famous as well. But I, I can't think, think who they I were. I think the the story about changes. It was it was Luther's band before he went solo. Right. First of all, um, change were somehow connected to Chic. Were they? Yes, they were. They were the support band for Chic. I think. Right. Okay. Um, and I think some of the singers were are on the tracks from Chic. 
It's a great tune. Love yeah, it. Yeah, it's a great tune. And we, there's the other one that we love is Lovers Holiday, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Which wow. was close to being in Clo- my yeah. floor. Well, that was close. It was either Searching or Lovers, or Lovers Holiday. Holiday. Just, yeah. It racked me head. I didn't yeah. know what to do. Go on, what's your next one, Arkid? Um My next one is... Um, it's like I said, I looked at it, and my three favorite sort of artists in music history are Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, and Prince. Mm-hmm. So I had to have a Michael Jackson one on there, of course. Um, but Michael Jackson's kind of for me is a bit over not overplayed in general, just for me. I listen to it quite a lot, so I get quite bored of stuff. But there's a load of Michael Jackson songs that I love, but this one I've picked is one that's on, um. The Thriller album. I've not heard this song. See, that's that, that shocks me because I hammered the most people hammered the whole Thriller album, and it's not a well-known one, but it's one that's just really cool. And as soon as it comes on, I sort of my anxiety goes, and I just relax, and I just think, yeah. Okay, well, let's see. Let's put on and see what happens to you. <laughs> His voice yeah. is amazing. And it's Quincy Jones' production at his best. Yeah, his voice is so, so good, isn't it? He's just a perfect, such an artist. It's the perfect pop voice. Yeah, brilliant. You know, key-wise, and and then he just sings with such passion, you know, so they, he gets the message across. But that, that that's a song called Baby Be Mine. It's Like I say, it's not a well-known song. It's I think on Thriller, it's back-to-back with PYT, and PYT is another one that I love as well. Yeah. Um, so I just it just reminds me of being in my dad's car. See? Back in there's the day. Memory. My dad had the Thriller album on. Uh, years ago and I used to when I was a small kid I used to lie across the back seat Yeah, very dangerous they wouldn't do that now but I used to lie across the back seat and try and go to sleep and uh, he used to have it and it just reminds me of, of that time when I was young going places with mum and my dad um, but yeah it's um, good choice that mate yeah did you like that I'm surprised yeah. you've not heard it but I'm, you'll be you'll be playing that I'll one be playing now, it every gig now that'll be my sound check song do you have a sound check song what day that's what you don't because you it, don't do sound check do you I do I do have a sound check song um, it, it, for a long time it was Lover's Holiday by right. Change um, then I changed to um, Seasons um, oh, um, oh what's that what's ding, ding. Yeah. That, that crazy guy that crazy guy it. Yeah. wow what a performance that was what's what was on the called? tip of my tongue then Seasons by um do you know someone mentioned that about you the other day I was at a venue um, a couple of weeks ago and they said they'd love seeing you guys arrive at a gig because the, I mean she wasn't calling anybody else by any stretch of the imagination but she was just saying she loves how easy you are to work with you walk in you arrive and you set up like that whereas some other artists um, take forever to set up and they bring in 18,000 sets of speakers and they're there all the, one two one two one two one two I one think, two for hours and hours and hours I think there's 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 a reason for that Okay. Um, there's a reason why we set up quickly is that we we tend to try and keep it simple with the sound so we don't tend to mic everything up mm. most bands do and that's absolutely fine it's probably what you're supposed to do but we tend to just use on stage sound for the, the drums and the bass and the guitar and then the speakers are just my voice and the sax and the, the back of vocals so I think that the reason why we set up quickly is not uh anything to do with us being better than anyone else it's just that our, we keep our setup quite simple because a lot of the venues that we that's it it's seasons by um future islands future islands got it if you are listening well you are listening to this podcast uh, make sure you go onto youtube type in david letterman future islands seasons and you watch the performance of a lifetime from that guy. That guy oh, it's amazing. puts his heart and soul into it. I mean, it. at first you're kind of laughing at him, because, yeah. but then you realise he really he's means into it. it. He's banging he into really it. He really means it, yeah. Um, your, next, your next song. My next... Oh, right. Um, right, this next song from 1985. I went to a, a club in Manchester called Deville's, and there's a DJ there called... I'm sure he was called Alan Maskell, and he's, th- he's still doing stuff today. He went on to um, open his own club called The Brick House in Manchester, and then he opened... Where was that? The Brick House was in an archway on Whitworth Street, okay. kind of opposite the venue. Um, anyway, I used to go to DeVille's every week, and this guy was just incredible. I used to stand there watching. I think it's one of the reasons why I'm a DJ. Um, and he used to play stuff like The Smiths, and then he'd play kind of dancey stuff as well. And then every now and again, he'd just drop a tune in, and you think, what the... Where's he going with this? Yeah. And, and he dropped this, so we'll, we'll play a bit of it now for you. This is... Um, the Waterboys. It is a great song. So I'm in a nightclub. 
just after hearing Inner City, after hearing maybe Voodoo Ray, then he drops this. Yeah. But he got away with it and it worked. And I tried to go and see Alan Mask or DJing as much as I can. I don't think he does it as much anymore. And I used to go to the Brick House on a Tuesday night. It wasn't a busy night and just sit and watch him. And he, he dropped just mental songs like that, which are not in any particular genre, just played them because they were good songs and he wanted people to hear them and share them. And he's, he used to have his back to the audience in the Brick House. And when he plays a song, he'd kind of turn around and do this little little cheeky smile as if to say, yeah, I know. I yeah. Know. <laughs> and I'd always buy him a pint and we weren't mates, mates, but when I walk in, he'd always give me a little tip of the hat and he'd always do that to me, give me a beer. And uh, I think he's still going. I hope he is. That's cool. I'm sure he's called Alan Maskell, yeah. Anyway, yeah, hold the mood. I, that, that, I love that song. It's um, it's a strange it, one. It takes a while to get going for me, but when it does get going, then it's brilliant. It's and if you're in the mood for that song, oh, it's it's classic. You nothing must better. you must play that at weddings. I love yeah, it, quite a lot. Yeah. And people do lose uh, lose their, their their mind over it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You've got one more, I think. Um, I've got one you more. Love, you love this band, don't you? Uh, it's well, the, the the biggest band in the world at the moment. Are they? Uh, not not taken out of like the realm of like Rolling Stones and you know say U2 or whatever but current band this is the biggest band in the world the 1975 um, I absolutely love everything they do uh, I've been to see them a few times been lucky enough to meet them a few times because we've got friends who know them nice lads they're just from Alderley Edge local lads and um, this recent album that came out um, has I told you it was going to be album of the year and mm. it was yep and it's just um, it's just so different. They're, they're kind of known as like an emo band or an indie pop band, and then they're not. Once you know, I've always found them hard to work out what they are. Yeah, because but the thing is, is that the, the the lead guy is quite influenced by ambient music, so their production is absolutely fantastic. They actually do songs where there's no lyrics, and it's not just ambient music on the, on the tracks really? on on their album. Yeah, so you wouldn't have heard that. And the the general public know them as like a cheesy pop band, but they're not like that at all. Um, and this song in particular, what I love about it, I wouldn't say it's a protest song, but it's it's um, it's talking about what's happening in life today. He's not making any comment about it. He's just talking about what's happening in life today and how sort of shit things are in mm. in general. And he talks about you know President Trump and some of the lyrics are just basically quotes that President Trump has said, like I've moved I moved on, I like a bitch. <laughs> and um, I'm excited. You know, someone asked him once, "What? Do you, how do you feel about being excited, uh, indicted?" And he went, "I'm excited about it." You know, just that's the president of the, the biggest country in the world. Um, he, uh, he meant he tweeted something about the uh, fire in Paris today as well. He's he's, he's, he's incredible. Person. He really is. But then there are other things like talking about um, the, the beaches are full of three year olds. There's another line oh, out of wow. it. Do you know what I mean? So it's basically it's making a comment on what's going on today. But what I love about it is the, the verse is very harsh and in your face mm. and it's shoving the facts in your face, all the lines, he's hammering them home. He starts off with a swear word. But then when you get to the chorus, the chorus is very uplifting and it's like hope. So right, yeah. I lo I'd love it if we made it. And it, the, the, the music changes, it's like they, they completely change the melody around. So it's that's what I love about it. And when it first came out, I absolutely hammered it. I think it's the best song they've written. Oh, that's mine. Sorry. <laughs> So different, aren't they? So different. But listen to the production, all yeah. the noises going on in the background. There's like almost like a choir singing. It's the they spend a lot of time trying to get the the sounds right on individual things that they're playing, and it's um, I absolutely love them. I can't. They're, they're actually releasing another album very soon. So they released one in October, November last year, and they've got one another one recorded, and it should be out in May. Right, perfect. So, um, and I think at some stage they will probably just do an al album of instrumental music because that's kind of their bag as well. I can see you're passionate about that song. You you bang into them, aren't you? Yeah, Love yeah. Them. It just, um, I don't know. It just something about their music just relates with me. And the other thing that they do as well, a lot of the the poppier songs that people sort of speak derogatory about, they deal with like. Like there's a song on the last album called um, "It's Not Living If It's Not With You" and it's very happy pop song in a, mm. in a major key. It's dealing about it's heroin addiction. Nice. So he, he likes that. I like that the fact that they they do that 
contrast of mm. a happy pop song that you can dance to dealing with a really serious subject. And I think there's, there's people in the past that have done stuff like that. I mean, I think... A lot of people would miss that. If I heard it, I wouldn't even connect the two, but... Yeah, well, if you listen to the lyrics, he, he, it sounds like he's missing a girlfriend, but he's actually talking about his heroin addiction. He right. misses his heroin addiction. Right. So that's... It's, it's serious stuff, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I think Love It If We Made It's interesting as well, because there was a song years ago like called We, we Didn't Start the Fire. Billy Joel? Is it we, Billy Joel? Yeah, and that's the that was it the same. It was sort of barking stuff that was going on in the world at the time. You know what I mean? That's right. Because JFK it, and all it, that it, sort it, of stuff. It, it, yeah. it starts so that's, quite that, fast, yeah. it reminds me a bit of that. Right. Okay. With and you. It's, it's, it's that's why I think it's kind of a significant song because it's dealing with what's going on in the world. Well, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure today, mate. Yeah. It, it feels like a proper insight to what you're about, what I'm about, and, and hopefully I've enjoyed people, it. people gain a bit of. Um, bit of information from uh, how we work and yeah i hope i hope other people have enjoyed it and a bit bit about you know who we are and i think your music taste tells people yeah. something about you i have some fun questions for you oh i thought that was it yeah now i could see you were wrapping them up but you're scared about these but you don't have to be scared at all are you ready no right i haven't got any fun questions for you mate can we have some music um Okay, hold on a second. Yeah, we can also. Oh, hang about. Yeah. Andy Murphy and Gavin Jones. There we go. Here's the music. Just drown him out. <laughs> go on then. Okay. You're the ruler of the world. Oh my god. What change would you make to to make the world better? Very deep question. I'm not that sort of person. I would. Say the first thing that comes to mind. Don't think something about, about um, war, um, stop wars, or something like that. Is that it? That's all I've got for you. Okay, I'm not a deep person like that, mate. You are. You have been. Um, World peace. You can have dinner with one person, dead or alive. Who would you have dinner oh with? Oh my life! I'd just like to say, if Adam Smith's, like, I've robbed these of Adam Smith. He interviewed me, and these are the questions he asked me. Thanks, mate. That is a tough question as well, mate. The dinner one. Yeah. So many people. Um, you can choose more than one if you want. Sean Connery. Okay. Never would have. I didn't know you were a big Bond fan. Are you a big Bond fan? I like him as Bond. Right. Um, Sean Connery and th- maybe Morrissey. Okay. Just to see what's going on in his head because there's a lot going a on. A lot there. going on yep. in his head. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Who would you have dinner with, by the way? Prince. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, you would. Top five crisps. Oh my life! Right, number one, death doesn't have to be in order. Okay, um, salt and vinegar has to be salt and vinegar. Square crisps. Okay, great shout. Fascinating crisps. Yeah, hula hoops, ready salted. Okay, sounds like I'm prepared for this. Quavers. Okay, and the best crisps known to humanity, mate. Wheat crunchies, the bacon version. Oh, that's old school. Oh, mate, you've got one more, by the way. Have I? Oh, another packet of wheat crunchies. Yeah, we. I remember you, they used to sell them in the pub. We used to go into when we were uh, when we weren't allowed to go in pubs, but we used to go in and then behind the bar and a pint of lager. It was just like Christmas Day every time we went in, <laughs> and it was like seventy p for a pint. Wheat, wheat crunchies remind me of the tuck shop at school. Yeah, and people would buy like three packets and have Fascinating. like all the stuff. They'd have all the all the crisps on the fingers while they were yeah. in class. I was never a fan of Watsons <clears> because of that. Because of that, yeah. yeah, yeah. But some people say that's the best bit, don't they? they oh my god, are we having this conversation? <laughs> Uh, my top five crisps. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> pickled onion munch to munch. Oh, nah, nah. Yeah, strength. You, you can't strength. eat them if you've got a cut on your finger. No, you can't. No, because you, you, it's like a slug. <laughs> <laughs> you start bubbling. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> um, I'm really partial to salt and vinegar Pringles. In fact, my top five would probably all be salt and vinegar, apart from the, uh, the pickled onion ones. I'm not a fan of Pringles. Pringles, Pringles are a belter. I like crisps that, that burn your mouth because there's that much flavour in them. <laughs> so anything kind of salt and vinegar. There's, um, actually, we went, I'm going to tell you something now. Wow, we, we, talk about diversifying. We, we went on a holiday and your missus had done some shopping before we got there. Christ, I don't know whether people are still listening to this. And uh, your missus had bought some uh, salt and chardonnay vinegar. Hello. She's like that. Chardonnay vinegar from the co-op, and they were amazing. And I caned them for ages, which is probably why I'm on a diet. Do now. you remember those crisps we used to get that used to come over? Uh, we're having this conversation. <laughs> 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 Do 
They used to come and you used to get a little blue packet of a little salt. A blue packet of salt and you put the salt on yourself. What's the point? What's that all about? Just buy salt and vinegar or buy plane. What is that all or about? Or helicopter, whatever was out there. Is, is that, were the people who actually didn't put the salt in? It must have been. They're just like potatoes. Some sort of novelty thing. It's weird that. What would they call them? Wow, let's move on. Have you ever, do you, do you know how they actually flavour crisps? I'm dying to see one of these programmes on telly. Why, why don't we um, try and do a podcast from just a, about Chris, a Walker's factory, <laughs> and interview the guys? Because I'm on a diet and I'll never get out alive. I'll end up with. So why do you wear a hairnet? Yeah. Okay, go on. What's your next? That's unusual? it. That's oh, thank God for now. <laughs> wow. <sighs> anyway, your first question you asked me about changing the world. What What would you do? Just out of interest. Free parking for everyone. <laughs> Just make life so much oh. easier. You can just park where you want. Brilliant. Parking so. is an issue, isn't it? It's, it's a nightmare, a nightmare isn't especially it? in Manchester yeah. because it's like eighteen grand to park for ten minutes, isn't it? Oh like, my god! Where our oh, podcast that we did with Johnny Draper that cost me forty-five quid. That <laughs> twenty-one quid yeah. it cost me. Wow! To park, we were like three hours or something. It was ridiculous. Mental. And then uh, yeah, I've already done the, the prints okay. one there. So. But well, I've enjoyed this, mate. It's just nice, just chewing fat. An hour and four minutes, mate. We've been talking there about stuff. Christ, it's the longest one we've done. Yeah. Isn't it? So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, make sure you subscribe and share this podcast. And uh, yeah, see you later. The Wedding Cues live podcasts with Andy Murphy and Gavin Jones.